When Jesus entered the scene, he came into a society utterly obsessed by the idea of family. Bloodlines were everything. Now, it's definitely making a comeback now with the Ancestry.com DNA kits that you can get in the mail and find out what percentage you are French and Norwegian and Russian and um, English and whatever else is in your blood. But in the time when Jesus lived and walked, your family, your heritage and your bloodline was everything. It defined you. And your relationship between you and your family was of the highest order. Your highest social obligation was to your family. You followed the family trade. You lived on the family land. You married whom the family decided. And you even married those in the family widowed by someone else. Beyond this, your bloodline also determined if you were in or if you were out when it came to God and his saving grace. Grace was a biological construct. Born into the right line and God's grace was transferred to you through the blood. Now a song that I really love listening to at the moment is In the Blood by John Mayer. And it's a song about inheritance and family. He asks the question over and over, will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? The crux of his question is this, will the mistakes, habits and characteristics of my family always stay with me and stain my future relationships or is it possible that I could overcome these? Verse 1, he says this, How much of my mother has my mother left in me? How much of my love will be insane to some degree? And what about this feeling that I'm never good enough? Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? How much of my father am I destined to become? Will I dim the lights inside me just to satisfy someone? Will I let this woman kill me or do away with jealous love? Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? There's no doubt that God had a plan for mankind when he founded the concept of family. Family is part of the fabric of God's good and beautiful world. In Genesis, we read that God initiates the family. It was his design. Genesis 2.24 reads this, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. And Genesis 1.28 reads, Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. So is it always in the blood? Is this new thing of Jesus resting upon the building block of family? On the back of Dan's sermon last week, Jamie challenged us to spend time this week in Ephesians chapter 1. He said, God is not in the business of behavior modification, but in the business of identity formation. So what do we find out in Ephesians 1 to 3 about our identity in Christ? I'm just going to read 
some snapshots. I'm going to pull them out of Gen- um, Ephesians 1 to 3, but I won't read the exact reference because it'll just get a bit monotonous. But in Ephesians chapter 1, in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons. We've been included in Christ. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Chapter 2, you who are Gentiles by birth, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near. For through him we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Ephesians 2, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but members of God's household. Chapter 3, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Is it always in the blood? Grace in Ephesians 1 to 3 is not transmitted in the blood. Grace is lavished upon all those who call upon God and who believe and who are marked by the Holy Spirit. Grace is transferred to all of those who are in Christ. And by being in Christ, the old barriers that used to divide us, bloodlines, family, status, gender, race, they'd been dissolved. God is Father and the in Christ, the church, become the sons of God, co-heirs with Christ and members of God's household. The primary family becomes the church, those in Christ. God's family is no longer defined by blood, as in the descendants of Abraham. It's been opened up to all who believe in Jesus. The good news here is this. Jesus is light in our family because family has been redefined to cover and include all those who are in Christ. It's not in the blood, it's in the spirit. And I wonder what that means for you. I wonder what that truth is important to you. What part of that speaks to your heart? Perhaps you feel that so much of your life has been defined by being in or out. The good news is that this is an inclusive family for all those who believe in Christ. Perhaps you find yourself stained by the habits, issues, and repeated mistakes of the earthly family that you were born into. The good news is that you can be born again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 gives us this hope. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Or I wonder if you feel cut off and abandoned or separated somehow from your bloodline family and it leaves you feeling isolated or disconnected. The good news is that God is in the business of reconciling. In Jesus, we're reconciled to God, the people and the world that he's created. The church is a family with whom you can belong. Perhaps you've swallowed the world's definition and boundaries around family. Jesus is light 
in our families precisely because he redefines it. While he was on earth, he pointed to his disciples and he said, these are my mother and my brothers. Matthew 12, he says, whoever does the will of my father is my brother and my sister and my mother. Or I wonder if you've been coming to church for a while but feel somewhat disconnected from this idea of church as family. Perhaps it's still an idea for you and you haven't seen it work out in reality. Paul's words in Ephesians 2 give hope. We were foreigners and aliens, but now we are being built together. It's a work in progress. God is doing his thing. And if we let him, we will become the dwelling in which the spirit resides. It is life-changing when church becomes what it's supposed to be. Church so easily becomes about the bits and the pieces, our style, our songs, where the chairs are set up, whether our sermons are any good, whether the service meets my needs, whether there are things for me to get involved in. But the Bible doesn't at all talk about church like that. The church is a family to which we belong a family that we've been adopted into, a family that embraces and enfolds everyone, a family that navigates the messiness of life together because Jesus is in their midst, lighting the way ahead. And we're going to have three opportunities to respond to this message. Not respond to me, but respond to God. This is when we're hoping that the learning is going to go from our head to our heart. The three opportunities that you're going to have to respond are to accept, to worship, and to eat together. Firstly, accept. The Bible has made it clear. You are invited. God has prepared a place for you. God is willing to adopt you, welcome you, enfold you, and give you the inheritance set aside for you. You've been invited. Will you accept? And unlike Facebook, there's no maybe category. Got to commit. Are you in or are you out? The Bible presents us with a few ways to accept this invitation. We repent which is turning from our old way of doing things and turning towards God's better option for our life. We believe. We have faith and we trust the truths that we read in Scripture. And lastly, we are baptised. So to push the analogy of the song a little further, it kind of does wash out in the water. Baptism is the way that we represent our new life and our incorporation into God's family. Baptism is the citizenship ceremony, the wedding, the awards night, the birth certificate and the adoption papers. Baptism is the outward expression of our acceptance of God's invitation to be welcomed into his family. And I mention this now also because we are going to have a baptism service in a few weeks' time. We've got a few people who are keen to get baptised, to have this moment of saying, yes, I accept God, to represent this change, the dying to self and the rising back out of the water. So in a few weeks' time, while the weather's warm, and hopefully not after a cyclone because that would be a little bit insane, and it would be, it is a beautiful moment and privilege to baptise you if you haven't been baptised.
it is a beautiful moment of recognizing and representing your changed life to those people in your family being the church. And if the idea of going out to the beach where potentially strangers could see you, we can talk about another option. But it's a pretty good way to go down out there in the ocean. And come back up, yes. <laughs> if it's like this, we might need to do a risk assessment and have a few lifeguards on duty because that, yeah, we want you to come back up. That's the idea. The other two opportunities that we have to respond today are through worship and through eating together. Jamie and Heather are going to lead us in some songs that are designed to respond. And as we sing together, I hope you'll open up your heart to what God is saying. God is here with us. God is wanting to invite you. You are welcomed in. Will you accept? Let me pray. God, we thank you for what your word teaches us. There is so much in there about us being included into this new thing that you are doing. You have given us so much to hold on to about being adopted and heirs and receiving your inheritance. For those of us who have never accepted that or held on to that or want to accept that anew, I want to give us an opportunity to do that. We've heard today that you have given us an invitation. The invitation is there. The question is, will we accept? Will we believe? Will we get caught up and swept up in this new thing that you're doing? Will we allow ourselves be to be included in Christ? Brothers and sisters, co-heirs, receiving the inheritance, the Holy Spirit that you promised and set aside for us. God, I thank you that you have arms wide open, that you want us, that you pursue us. May our hearts be open to what it is that you want to say to us. May our hearts be open to you and your Holy Spirit. May you fill us. <laughs> 